Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Happy Monday. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Sarah Perlman with Trudenzik, the whale capper himself. Thanks to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Today on the show, we have the prop king joining us, Von Dalzell. He'll tell us how he's attacking Monday Night Football, where he sees value in pay props in Game 3 between the Red Sox and the Astros as well. And speaking of the ALCS, Kenny Ducey is also here to help us handicap tonight's matchup between Boston and Game 3 tomorrow between the Dodgers and the Braves. Of course, we always end the show with our edge of the day. We have that so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. True. happy Monday, fresh week here of Bet the Edge. First of all, hope you had a great weekend, but I do want to start here looking back on a football, on Sunday football yesterday, and, and kind of get your read of some takeaways and overall how you did. <laughs> overall? Continue to lose <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, had some sides went that went my way. Uh, had a lot of closing line value that meant, meant nothing. And uh, yeah, continue to get the wrong end of some real fluky stuff. Uh, I you know I, I I will work my way through this. I will continue to play the NFL because I love it, and uh, it will take. I will eventually get the bounces to go my way. It took uh, an, a garbage time touchdowns and two point conversions blowing me up yesterday was. Uh, uh, it was tough, but uh, overall, I thought the results were reasonably fair. Really, just a tough, tough game for the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. top to bottom. And now they find themselves in dire uh, situation at the bottom of the AFC North, which is all of a sudden very competitive. Uh, and realistically, we've had a huge disparity across divisions in the NFL. Uh, you have the likes of the AFC East, NFC East, where it's just one team that's pretty much got it tied up and a bunch of teams that are going to play out the season that looks like uh and then uh yeah some very competitive divisions like the afc west and the nfc west now very much in the balance so uh it's going to be an exciting rest of the season for sure hat tip to anyone that did their money line parlays with their favorites yesterday because pretty much any combination you came up with came home. I think what were the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Raiders? Was that the only two dogs that won outright yesterday? Everyone else was golden. Favorites were nine and three. So we'll think through. Um, but real quick, what you said uh, with favorites coming home, if you money line parlayed them, which is ridiculous. Seven and oh, favorites went in the 1 p.m. games. And of course, yeah, the Cardinals were the other team that ended up winning that were underdogs when that line closed. Um, the Chiefs, 
Obviously, a more public team ended up covering against Washington, 87% of the spread handle on Kansas City. The Rams cover against the Giants, 82% of that spread handle on LA. This is a very tough uh, sport to handicap through, and you are, as I like to say, a sharper, smarter, better. And typically, at the end of the season, you typically come out on top. Public betters, though, over the last few weeks have been bringing it in. If you are more of a public <laughs> better, you have been cleaning up. Favorites are coming home at a ridiculous rate. I saw many odds makers, and I'm sure you did too, tweet yesterday. Yeah. It was a tough day to be an odds maker in the sport. Everything you didn't want to happen seemed to happen, including those games we just talked about with public teams like the Cowboys, for instance, and that coming home and covering last second. The Chiefs, the Rams, as I just mentioned. And of course, uh, if you watched that Ravens-Chargers game yesterday, and let me tell you, I got absolutely crushed on every angle of that game. The under came home and the Ravens kicked the you-know-what out of them. 89% of the total handle on the over in that game. And a fairly quick recap here, the Texans and the Colts, 88% of the handle was on the over on that game, 43 and a half points. And uh, we saw what happened, excuse me, the under and uh, that hit. So it's going to be interesting to see now how the books and if they adjust through, if you were looking out for a few adjustments, how would you think the books are now going to try to handle this moving forward? The funny, So the funny thing is, in general, if you are a public better and you're winning money in the NFL this season, you're not taking it from the books. You're taking it from me. <laughs> this is I'm losing. Uh, and realistically, the books are writing tickets and NFL lines have gotten sharp. They've gotten fair faster than we've ever seen. They're extremely efficient already this season. If you watch these games, you know that winning and losing against the spread is coming down to some fluky penalties, some turnovers, some. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did you recover your fumbles or did you, you know, did your opponent recover them in red zone? You know, like that's really the margin of, you know, winning and losing right now in the NFL. And it's uh, it's it's impressive that we've gotten to this point uh, in the season and the markets are already this sharp. I would not expect the books to adjust at all. And in fact, I think. Uh, I think you've seen that they've hung fair lines really for this week seven. There hasn't been a ton of early movement at all. Uh, these are really relatively sharp numbers. And uh, I would expect that um, in general, if anything, we have gotten to a fair line or fair, fair evaluations of these teams faster than in any other NFL season that I remember. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look out for the overreaction under reactions. But uh, right now, at least there just hasn't been uh, there hasn't been much so. I think you know what really. I think it's uh it's time to time to look to the NBA. NBA season is right around the corner. <laughs> I think I'm ready to, to to we'll we'll cap handicap a sport with a round ball, not the oblong ball. The oblong ball is uh, is too tough. <laughs> I'll continue with the NFL and I'll sweat out every single play and I'll just only play teasers because that's the only thing that's coming home for me as of late. So we'll have to stay away from the sides, maybe take a breather for a week. Um, for what it is worth fairly quickly, I will say Jay Croucher came on, talked about the Seahawks and that line movement Ooh. and just kind of people buying back in on the Steelers. Ended up the Seahawks covering that one, obviously only losing by three in overtime. So it is fascinating when you listen to our show hearing from guys like Jay Croucher and the buyback in certain markets and ultimately kind of finding out who they think will cover typically has been beneficial so if you took the Seahawks last night that was a great play obviously covered the number the NFL season is in full swing and the NBC sports predictor app has you covered with Sunday night seven predict what will happen between the Colts and 49ers on Sunday night for a chance to win up to $100,000 it's free and easy to play download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com slash predictor.
Now, a guy that has been raking it in the prop market, and he does it every single week, is Von Dalzal. And he's here <laughs> to help us in the prop market. And Von, as always, happy Monday. We love having you on every week. Appreciate the time. And we will start here with Monday Night Football. And I have a prop on this game as well. We'll talk about it. I know Drew's involved in this game. It's going to be an epic battle between the Bills and Titans. You can certainly make an argument that it's a revenge game. If you were to get involved in the side nor the total. I would say the lines are, are pretty sharp. We've seen a little bit of movement. Buffalo now laying six, the total at 53 and a half. What is your favorite way to attack this game for Monday Night Football? Yeah, certainly an interesting game. You should definitely know that the Buffalo Bills have been superb when it comes to leading at halftime, 14 straight in the regular season. So that's certainly something to look at for this game. Uh, happy Monday, by the way, Sarah and Drew. Thanks for having me as always. Uh, my favorite bet in this game is going to be the most popular bet that you'll see on all of Twitter, NBC, anywhere where you get your bets. Um, and that's going to be fading Derrick Henry. Oh, my God. Yeah, I said that. Under 98 and a half rushing yards now. Why do I like this? In his whole entire career, Derrick Henry has never ran for 100-plus yards in five straight games. He's done it four straight, multiple times, like right now. But he's never done it in five straight games. He's played the Bills three times in his career. He's 0-3 when facing the Bills on this number. The most rushing yards he's ever had was 79. He's had, you know, 19, 20 carry games. But what I really want to talk about is the game script that Buffalo always finds themselves in ahead of games where teams have to throw from behind and catch up. That's not good for a running back over. And then when you look at Derrick Henry with 141, 141 total touches in the last four games, that is a lot for any person to deal with. So I know the Bills are going to try and stop him today. I'm taking the under on Derrick Henry. That is an interesting take. Uh, Tractor Cito, definitely, even in last year's game where they were at a positive game state for a majority of that contest, win 42 to 16. Derrick Henry, only 19 carries for 57 yards. So it's interesting that uh, for whatever reason, he does not tend to show up against the Bills. I had not really thought about that, but uh, good angle there. Uh, anything else that uh, pops across the prop market as you look at Monday Night Football? Certainly, this isn't as an unpopular one. Now, not many people are going to want to bet an under on Derrick Henry, and I don't blame them for that. But this one is an over on Josh Allen, which is always fun and a good bet to make. Now, we're going to take the over 38 half for longest completion in this one. Now, this is a good bet to me because Christian Fulton for the Titans is out. He was supposed to guard Stephon Diggs, according to multiple sources. So that's obviously a huge factor. And uh, Josh Allen having a good game tonight. Caleb Fairley will play. But when you look at what the Tennessee Titans have done on defense, obviously they've had a lot of turnover entering the season. They spent a lot of money on that defense. 20 plays of 20 or more yards through the air already. But the craziest number is they've had six of 40 or more, which is the third most. Allen, third best completion percentage of the deep ball in the entire NFL. He throws the deep ball at a top 10 rate, top five in yards per pass, intended air yards, everything. So I see Josh Allen continue to air it out here. And as I said, the Bills get leads at halftime. Why is that? Because Allen's arm, he has a cannon. In the last 14 games that they've had led at halftime, he's had 35 yards or more completed pass in 11 of those. So expect him to air it out here. I do want to get to the NBA and MLB for a second. We always have live YouTube comments, and we appreciate you guys tuning and commenting. So let's pull up one from TRM4044. Which Bills receiver will have a better game tonight, Diggs or Sanders? Vaughn, I'll leave that to you. That's a great question. I definitely think it's Stephon Diggs. I was actually looking at his longest reception prop over 25 and a half as I just spoke. Christian Fulton is not playing. He's the guy that's primarily going to guard Diggs. So that'll give get Diggs an advantage and he may get peppered here, but I like him on the deep ball as we saw like guys like Jamar Chase that we hit on this weekend. Longest reception. 
Um, they just get opportunities. Stephon Diggs is a top three guy in deep routes in the NFL this season. So I prefer him over Emmanuel Sanders. Yep, I agree. I think he'll probably get about twice as many targets. What he does with them, we will see. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about uh, a little round ball. We have uh, NBA tipping off tomorrow. Very excited for the NBA season to be back. It feels like it's been at least a month since we had NBA. So this is great. Uh, <laughs> we have a couple of good ones, a couple of really good contests on opening night. Yeah. Uh, we have a rematch of what was the most consequential series of the entire playoffs between the Bucks and the Nets. And uh, what was one of the most fun games, the play-in between the Warriors and the Lakers, a little rematch yeah. there. What do you think? Uh, anything pop as you look at the early card for this Tuesday night tip-off? Yeah, I mean, great two games to get us started for the NBA season. Obviously, the Warriors and Lakers is where I'd like to go as the night tip, the Western Conference matchup. But, oh, man, good news here is my oh, my unders already moved down. I got this at 229.5 yesterday, and it's at 228 on points bet. We've talked about this on our show, uh, Drew and Corey and I. We talked about how the NBA is going to be a little different this year, adjusting to unders because there are fans back in the stadium. There's not empty gyms anymore. And then you get a lot of teams with new players like the Lakers. Tons of turnover on this roster. But when they, when LeBron James has joined the Lakers, the unders hit 7-3-1, and one, so 70% hit rate with, between the Lakers and Warriors since LeBron James has joined the, the team. And then when you look at the roster turnover, I said – I'm going to just list these guys for you, and we could just – we don't have to even say much. But the current Lakers roster for role players are Kent Bazemore, Carmelo Anthony, Rondo, Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan, Austin Reeves. They lost players like Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Andre Drummond, Caruso, Ben McLemore, Marcus Ole, Morris, Wesley Matthews. Where is the offense coming from, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, all their best shooters and scorers are gone off the bench. I'm not in love with this Lakers roster at all. The Warriors have a bunch of role players like Looney, Paul, Lee, Iguodala, Porter Jr. Take the under. Should be a good bet on opening night. I expect the fans to get wild. The teams to struggle. Wessel Westbrook's not dropping 30 to hit the over, so bet the under. <laughs> Well, you just jinxed it. Now I got to go bet the Russell Westbrook <laughs> overprop. Um, but uh, no, I think that is a great, 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 great look. And in fact, this opened at 231. It's already been bet down. If you haven't been paying attention to NBA preseason, the Lakers have been struggling. They are 0-6 <laughs> in their preseason outings. They played the Warriors a number of times. The Warriors undefeated in the preseason now i know it's not fair to extrapolate that into the regular season but if one of these two teams is clicking i would expect it is the warriors but uh your look on the under here has i think that has some pro support behind it honestly this thing coming down from 231 to 228 is uh, a pretty significant move yeah pretty significant move what's even more significant is how many nba players and names you were able to just rattle <laughs> off fairly quickly so that was the most impressive thing about that um before we let you go vaughn we do need to transition to major league baseball because your girl needs help in the prop market and it's been really tough you know you came on last week and you drew and i had a really interesting discussion about when to get involved in the k props right now because these pitchers are on such a short leash and whether you're an mlb purist excuse me and believe they should ride five innings with your starter or yank them when the statisticians say it's time to go. Right now, we have a really good matchup in the ALCS with the Red Sox coming out on top in the last game, but the Astros being the more complete team. What is your favorite K prop on the board? It could be today. It could be look ahead. We know who's starting the rest of the series. Obviously, no Lance McCullers. So what do you have here? Yeah, I saw that Jose Yerkwitty was going to be the starter against the Red Sox. I almost tweeted about it and said, is he? 
but I didn't want to tweet it in the line to move at all. People to know that's where I'm going, but that is where I'm going. <laughs> I, why is he starting in this game? I know Lance McCullers is hurt. So that's putting mm-hmm. a lot of stress on the Astros pitching staff right now, but York Whitty only has four career starts in the postseason, has not made it past five innings in any of those ones. His over-under is three and a half. In all of his four starts in the postseason, he's had three or four strikeouts. So this is right on the number. And the Red Sox themselves have not allowed a pitcher to get more than three strikeouts in the postseason. If you've watched the Red Sox at all, you know this offense is hot, hot, hot right now. And then you have Yerkwitty, who likes to throw the fastball at 55% on the season. That's not going to cut in the postseason. We've seen a lot of pitchers get pulled. Sadly, last time I came on on Monday, my pitchers got pulled and I had the overs. But lately, we've just been taking straight unders and it works out. Um, I don't think I've lost more than one under in the entire postseason for K-Props. Uh, so I hope I don't jinx myself today, but that is where the money should be going, where you should be betting, because everybody's getting pulled. No one's lasting five innings for the most part. So the unders are the stronger bets at this point. And I will say, I didn't say this at all. I wanted to say it for the podcast. I almost forgot. So this is the first postseason without all the sticky stuff, the spin rate stuff. I've been playing unders and not saying anything about that because I don't want people to think about it. But this is for the podcast. So first thing steps <laughs> postseason, a lot of unders. Spin rate going down. Surely we've seen that. That's a great point, Vaughn. Good luck with all of your plays. I do like the under in the strikeout for tonight's game, and that's heading to three. The under has been getting juiced uh, by the second. Now it's looking at minus 135 on points bet. So, Vaughn, good luck with these. And, of course, your Monday night football props. If you are not already, follow Vaughn on Twitter at Sports. So much content and plays there. And, of course, tons of awesome stuff from him on NBCSportsEdge.com. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Drew. Three out of four plays are unders. Get ready to sweat, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we're going to be sweating tonight, regardless if you had an NFL season like we've had so far. (laughs) Um, We appreciate you guys listening to us here on Bet the Edge. Wherever you may be listening, rate the podcast, sign up. The lines move quickly, and we do want to make sure you are gaining an edge with us. So tune in on time and, of course, sign up, and that'll give you the best available lines. That's right. And you can hit us up on Twitter as well. If you have done your homework for the NBA season and you are ready to fire into these opening night lines and you've got an edge, or if you think in general, the market is too high or too low on any of these NBA teams, reach out to me on Twitter. Let me know what you think at whale underscore capper. Happy to talk these things out with you. I have my NBA numbers sharp as they've ever been. So I'm ready to go. Uh, And if you, uh, if you want to give Sarah some tips as well at Sarah Perlman, you can find her on Twitter as well. Drew said his lines are as sharp as ever. So I will be asking Drew when we get off air for all of the help in the NBA season, as I will on our podcast every single day. And that's no joke. So, Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.
we'll get into the NBA fairly shortly. It does seem like we blinked and we're back to the NBA. Um, but we do, we're in the midst of the Major League Baseball playoffs as well in the ALCS. We welcome in Kenny Ducey to help us break down all of the postseason. And let's start, we just finished off with, with Vaughn here, and it was the Astros and the Red Sox, where tonight the Astros in that rare underdog spot, plus 100, the Red Sox laying minus 121. The total a little bit higher than we've seen in the playoffs. Um, it's at nine. Two grand slams for the Red Sox in their last game. That was insane. But what stands out to me in this matchup is the fact that the Red Sox are so good at home. They're hitting 281 at home, 40 points higher than they did on the road all season long, Kenny. Hence why I think the home team is favored here. But I'm curious what say you about this matchup. Yeah, uh, look, I, I loved the Red Sox in this series before that it happened. I wrote up on NBC Sports Edge that I liked to actually bet them to win the to be leading the series 2-1 after three games to win the series outright just because I saw value on the first two games with the Red Sox. The pitching matchups were not good for the Houston Astros. They were going to struggle there. So I figured maybe they take one on the road. Now, here's an interesting proposition, though, for the Red Sox, and that's to throw a left-handed pitcher at the Houston Astros. We know that they lead Major League Baseball or led Major League Baseball over the course of the regular season against left-handed pitching. I'm a little worried about that, especially with Eduardo Rodriguez. He was probably the Red Sox best starter for the entire second half, but he did have a 3-7-1 ERA, which is not very good. I think the Houston Astros here strike back. They get some runs on the board, but that doesn't mean that I love Jose Urquidy or the Astros because Urquidy is an extreme fly ball pitcher. I don't think that's going to play well in Fenway Park, and he gives up almost 40% of his balls as uh, 95 miles an hour or more. It's classified as hard hit balls. So I don't know if this really favors either pitcher. So I'm actually looking to the total here at over nine. I'm probably going to hopefully be riding those, uh, those pre-series futures or props. But uh, I think in terms of picking a side, it's very hard to do because both of these offenses, as we know, are the two best offenses remaining in the postseason statistically, one and two in OPS. The Red Sox have hit a ridiculous, what, 15 home runs now? I mean, it's, uh, it, it's 16. It's getting pretty insane. So I, I don't know if, if really Urquidy is going to make it out unscathed. So I think the safe play here is to actually just take the over. Interesting. This has been one of the most even markets I remember seeing in the entire MLB postseason so far. We saw <laughs> the Astros open up at basically the exact price uh, that they are currently. It's taken money both ways. Uh, so some nice push pull in the market here. I couldn't uh, find an angle. So I'll uh, I'll go with you here on the over uh, to this point. Fifty three percent of the money line bet is on the on the Red Sox. Fifty two percent of the handle on the Strohs. So again, uh, very very even look here. Do you have a read uh, in just in terms of who ultimately emerges? from this championship series to go to the world series, because I'll be honest, <laughs> the, the two games we've seen so far, haven't given me any indication uh, as to who is likely to emerge here. We have currently sitting at Astros minus minus one fifteen to, uh, to move on Red Sox minus one Oh five. Are those fair prices? Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, you said it, it's really close to too close to call. I mean, this game is too close to call the series. I really think that it's pretty evenly matched and I think it's pretty surprising that we've seen the Boston Red Sox hit as well as they have because we didn't think that that was going to be the case. We thought that the Astros were just going to be the best offense in the American League and, and just run away with everything. Here's what I think, though. I, look, I, I think I'm willing to bet this series after game three. I think that the Red Sox, I don't think that they would be too heavy of favorites if they won this game. I know that we're looking at the Atlanta Braves on the other side. They're up 2-0. They're minus 180. I, I think maybe they'd set it at like minus 150, minus 160. And at that point, I actually would be willing to pull the trigger. And it's because the Houston Astros, I think, are going to run into some issues with their rotation. Uh, we know that they are they are dealing with the injury to Lance McCullers. 
Zach Greinke's been really bad. I mean, they decided to throw Rakita here in game three, but I don't know if they decide to go back to their game one or two starters on short rest, nor do I think that's a good idea. I mean, look at what, what happened to Framber Valdez. So I, I don't, and, and or sorry, Luis Garcia and Framber Valdez. So I, I don't know if like, this is a surefire thing that the Astros, just because they hit well, are going to win this series. Really concerned about this game for the Red Sox. I think Erod is a big liability, but if they can get past this game and they can win it, I think that they can, Chris Sale will come back and pitch well. I think that he's got a good start in him in this postseason. And uh, and Adiavaldi as well. I mean, those guys, that's why I like the Red Sox to at least take away home field advantage because they're probably the two best starting pitchers in this series. Now the Lance McCullers isn't healthy. And the Astros bullpen, it's hard to trust them despite the fact that they had like four good games. So I, I'm, I'm still taking a wait-and-see approach. And I think if the Red Sox do win, I would, I would happily pay the juice. I do tend to agree with your look on, on this game and these two home games for Boston now with their home field advantage being crucial. Even Rodriguez, I think, can get this done to your point. So I side with you here with the over as well. I have been wrong about the Atlanta Braves for a long time and in the postseason that has stayed. Right now I'm looking at game three where the Braves are now in L.A., of course, tomorrow. They're plus 150. The Dodgers are minus 180, which is an outstanding and pretty ridiculous number, but Walker Bueller has been so dominant at home. I take a look at his regular season ERA just around two. He's 11 and two at home. This game, I think, is so tricky because they're coming off of emotional walk-off wins in the Atlanta Braves. Back-to-back walk-off wins is crazy. And now you're going to the Dodgers, who have one of the best home field advantages, and they have been so good during the regular season there. But like I said, it's tough for me to handicap. So the pitching matchup, the offense, the emotional standpoint for both of these teams, who do you like not just in, in this game, but now this series where the Braves are up two to nothing? Yeah, look, I, I took the Braves for the first two games. I felt like I got lucky in game one. I felt like I almost got unlucky in game two when they almost didn't win. They had 10 hits in game two, guys, That's and it's down to number 10 hits to four. And I know that hits don't mean everything nowadays, but it's a pretty staggering number when you consider you know, how well this Atlanta Braves offense looks. And you look at their OPS for the postseason, it's almost near 700, and that's considering the fact that they had to face the Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff for four games. Now the Dodgers, I actually think that that's a pretty good mark for how well uh, the opposition has really thrown at them. And look, when you look at the facts here, the Atlanta Braves, they have the best bullpen area in baseball still at 204. It was a, a tough luck situation last night. You you, you know, if Heredia touches the ball, it's an error. And then this bullpen area still is at like one run or maybe even lower. They've thrown almost 20 innings fewer than the Dodgers bullpen as well. And that's, of course, because they you know Corey Canable to open game game one and, you know, the, the like. But I'm really worried about the Dodgers in this series, which we can get to. But in this game specifically, I think the Braves offense has shown me enough that they can at least squeak a couple runs off of Walker Bueller. And when you look at the other side of things, Charlie Morton, we know he loves to throw the curveball. The Dodgers, that's been their biggest weakness this, this year. 21st in pitch value against the curveball all season long. They really struggled there. So why isn't why wouldn't Charlie Morton just throw you know a million curveballs in this game? I think that he will. He loves to lean on that pitch. It's his best pitch, one of the best pitches in baseball. So you're telling me I can get, you know, Charlie Morton at plus 150 who looked outstanding against the Milwaukee Brewers. Maybe he goes five innings and this amazing bullpen backs him up now with the day of rest. I mean, it's it's pretty tough to pass up. I, look, I mean, you, you feel in your gut, right, that the Dodgers come back with a vengeance here at home and win. But taking this kind of price is, uh, it's, I think you got to take it and run. Oh, it's interesting. Interesting. Uh, it is going to be fascinating if the Braves ultimately win this series because I think they're going to end up being dogs like uh, to the tune of you know Dodgers minus one eighty every game, and then yep. somehow the Braves may 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 make it to the next level, which would be uh, unbelievable. You know, I don't know that we have enough time to get into Antwerp indoor hardcore tennis season. Obviously, starts. <laughs> 
starts today. Moscow is obviously in action. Uh, Indian Wells finale was bananas. I hope you had some Bedosa in your pocket because she was unbelievable this last fortnight. Um, but uh, I guess you're here for baseball. Let's put you on the spot. Do the Braves ultimately move on to the World Series or can the Dodgers come back? Uh, well, we saw last year they were up 2 nothing against the Dodgers, and, and then look what happened. So I, I was hesitant to say yes, but I think I ultimately will. Uh, I, I think that Max Muncy's absence here, we're going to continue to see. I mean, they just, they're missing that big bat. Um, I, I think that it's uh, Justin Turner is still out dealing, now dealing with an injury. You know, the bullpen, Dave Roberts doesn't want to use their bullpen, so who cares that they were the best during the regular season? I think the Atlanta Braves can move on here, and I really think it's because they're set up pretty well to win in game three. If they go 3-0, I mean, it's it's a pretty much a certainty that they go on and win uh, unless, you know, they have some Red Sox. The Dodgers have some Red Sox magic in them. I, I think that they can do it. <laughs> a nice Atlanta Braves and Boston Red Sox World Series, just like we drew up at the beginning of the season. I mean, it's just like the futures yep. market told us. these. No, in all seriousness, this is wild. I do side with you, though, especially for today's game in the ALCS. In terms of who wins the World Series, I don't know. I think the Dodgers somehow come back, but Max Monty's absence, I think, as you probably know, is huge. Kenny, thank you so much. We do love your tennis sweater. And uh, follow Kenny on Twitter at Kenny Ducey. You can check out his Major League Baseball and tennis handicapping, all available on NBCSportsEdge.com. Good luck with all your plays, Kenny. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. It's Monday Night Football, and that's where we are going with Edge of the Day. Drew, lead us off here with your favorite play between the Bills and Titans. This is tough. This <laughs> is sharp market. Uh, I think the – I still will go back to the well, and I will continue to support this underlying thesis – that the Buffalo Bills defense is not what they appear to be on paper. Uh, I think ultimately this team can be scored on. I think that the matchup against the Tennessee Titans is not great for them. Uh, I think we're going to see A.J. Brown in this spot. And even if, uh, as Vaughn pointed out, King Henry does not uh, get 100 yards, it does not matter. This is the Ryan Tannehill show. He absolutely should be able to shine, pick apart this defense, score some points. So we will go with the Tennessee Titans team total over. Uh, ultimately, I think this is an over game. We're looking at good weather. We're looking at two incredibly powerful offenses and two defenses that I think in general are a little bit uh, overrated. So no one really thinks the Tennessee Titans defense is all that good. But uh, at least on paper, I think that uh, real realistically, they're going to give up 31 points here. So if the Tennessee Titans look to get a win and uh, continue to hold on to first place in their AFC South division, they're going to need to score points here. 23 and a half is a little short. Uh, my fair price here is 20 four and a half so i got a nice little point to the over and uh should be a fun monday night football game so let's go tennessee i do love this look i think it's an over game and you said something last week that really stood out to me and probably a lot of nfl betters just in the sense that re-look at the defenses in terms of their rankings and just see who they played and that's exactly what i think we're getting with this buffalo bills team i do think the bills win but um, I do think it's closer. I would actually take Tennessee to cover this number for what it's worth. But I love your look because I think it's an over game and that sort of plays in, in mind. I like Josh Allen. Looked in the prop market. Right now his rushing yard to sit at 31 and a half. He's gone over that in four out of five games this season. He's averaging just around 5.4 yards per carry. 
The only reason I think people aren't hitting this as hard is because the Titans run defense I'm looking has not allowed more than 28 yards to a quarterback, which did occur. They allowed 28 against uh, or for Trevor Lawrence last week against the Jags. I think the Bills, first of all, are going to have a little bit of a different game plan. I mentioned earlier it could be a revenge game after last year's kind of tough coronavirus loss. And were they playing? They played on a Tuesday. Josh Allen had two picks. It was a bad game. I think they are out to prove something. Tennessee Titans defense, no, not great, but they could try to get to the quarterback. Josh Allen's going to have to scramble a little bit. I do think it's a close game. So I will take Josh Allen, who had 59 rushing yards against the Chiefs last week, to go over his number again. Not enough respect in this market. So I'll take 31 and a half and go to the over along with 76% of the handle at points bet coming in on the over for this prop as well, Drew. Fantastic look. Josh Allen's legs have been his secret weapon so far this season. He is absolutely dynamic on the ground. And in general, Tennessee is going to have to play many, many players. And, you know, they're going to have to play nickel, dime, all game long to cover all of those receiving options for the Buffalo Bills. So that should give him some running lanes. Great, great look. I will be with you on Josh Allen over rushing yards. Going to have to put a, a little same game parlay together mm -hmm. for this one uh, for the Bills and Titans. But I love both of these looks. And for all of the bets tonight between baseball, we talked about getting a look ahead for the NBA and these football plays for Monday Night Football. Best of luck with all of them. Thanks for tuning in here on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. For Drew Dinsick, I'm Sarah Perlman. All of us here with NBC Sports. Thanks for watching. As always, nothing but the best of luck for all your plays. And we will see you right back here tomorrow. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.